Hey, you happy Sunday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, episode 89 of the keto diet podcast. Today, we're chatting about when you start keto versus two years down the road and what to experience carnivore diet for women. Is it possible? Let's chat more about carnivore because I'm just as confused as you are. How your personality dictates your ability to track macros, boosting your metabolic rate and so much more. I love chatting about how keto is different for women because that's kind of my jam. And something that I have been really inspired by lately is chatting with other women whose husbands couldn't be more different from my one-on-one experience with my diet versus my husband, Kevin's diet. So it's really fun to talk to other women who have partners that just have a very different eating style than what they are accustomed to. And they're both keto, but how they do keto is so different. I totally geek out on this and I hope you you do too, because that is what we are talking about today. And we are doing a brand new thing with the podcast. Well, we're doing a bunch of brand new things, but one of the really cool brand new things that I'm excited about is that we've started putting together these podcast extras plus transcript, which you can get for this specific episode over at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E89. It's going to include the transcript and links and it's beautifully designed and you can just keep it on your computer as a resource when you need it. And you can find things a lot easier from there. And I'm pretty stoked about it. Okay, we got two cool things that I need to tell you about. The first is that I'm going back on tour. Well, actually, technically, when this show launches, I will have already done two events for the book tour. It just started and there's still time to register. So if you want to hang out with me while I do a keto talk in your city, you can head on over to ketodietbook.com slash tour. I'll be doing a talk signing your book if you have one. If not, we can just hang out. We can take selfies or not. I can give you a hug or not. I love hugs. And then the second thing I want to tell you about is that because today's conversation is all about how women adapt to keto, what that experience is like and how it's different from men. I thought it might be cool to offer you guys up a little freebie that I put together. It's a free thing. All you got to do is go on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash free to get it. Basically, it gives you an outline of what to do as you start your ketogenic diet, how to avoid overwhelm, things to eat versus things to avoid, how to test keto flu. It can be really terrifying. So this little guide will show you step-by-step how to get it done. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women, so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, heal your body, quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles, and get the results you crave. And now, here's your host, You might know her as the Keto Queen. She's the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, founder of Happy Keto Body, and she loves dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo, Leanne Vogel. Mind-blowing time. So I never thought in a million years that I would be doing what I am about to tell you right now, This is fresh off the press. Not many people know about it yet. And that is that the podcast has gone completely ad-free, completely ad-free. We do not have partners on the show anymore. And I'm sure a lot of you are wondering like, wait, why? Why did you do this? Well, I really wanted to get back 
to the reason why I started Healthful Pursuit. And that was to help people with free resources to better their lives. And working with partners has taken up so much time, so much of my time. And we had people on our team helping with our partners and coordinating things. And it was just taking up so much time and resources. And I feel like I just got lost in all of that. And I feel like my energy could be so much better directed at people, meaning you, instead of focusing on those sponsors. Now, this isn't to say that the products that I promoted, I didn't love. I love every single product that I've ever stood behind. And sometimes products change and I stop promoting them because they don't align with my values. And that's cool too. I just felt like with this new vision that I'm having with Healthful Pursuit and where you've told me that you want me to take it, sponsors just didn't have a place in that new reality. So I don't 100% know what this looks like. The podcast is actually very, very, very expensive to manage. Right now I'm sitting in a hotel room for three days as I bust through a bunch of recordings. We have to make sure the internet's on point, that the recording software is on point. And I just broke my microphone. These things are crazy. So I don't totally know how this is going to work, but I think, and I chatted about this in Wednesday's episode because now we're doubling up on the podcast, is that sometimes it's okay to not know where things are going and to just trust that you know what you want to do. You're just not sure how it's all going to come together. So I'm really excited about this. I don't know if you hear this in my voice, but this is the first time I've been super excited over something in quite a long time. I hope you're really thrilled, both with the changes to the ads, there being no more sponsors. If you're really concerned because you loved the coupon codes, I still have all the coupon codes and offerings on my site. You can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash favorites to check out all those coupon codes. And that resource won't be going away, but it's kind of like tucked off on the side. So if you want it, you can grab it, but there'll be no more sponsored content anywhere on the blog. I won't be blogging about it. I won't be doing videos about it. I won't be doing podcasts about it. And let's just see where this takes us. Okay, so today's guest is Mara Vega. She's a Miami native who has always had a love for fitness and nutrition. She was classically trained in various styles of dance and was competitive during her high school years. She now dedicates her time to her children, whom she unschools. Mara shares free workout videos, recipes, and nutrition information on her Instagram page, Fat Fueled Mom. Along with her husband and two sons, she runs a YouTube channel where she shares her parenting and education philosophy, her adventures with the family and nutrition and fitness information. So today we're going to be chatting all about how keto is different for women. So if you're feeling completely lost with I have a partner or a man in my life that eats keto and I've just followed along his path and I'm not having success, you might want to check out my program Fat Fueled. Okay, so let's get over to this interview. Hey, Mara, how's it going? I'm doing good, Leanne. How are you? I'm so good. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I'm so excited. I almost feel like uh, like I made it being on your podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, not even a thing. <laughs> That's true. Oh, thanks so much. I really like it too. Like I really love doing this. This is my favorite thing. I can imagine. I've honestly told Danny that I don't know, maybe in the future. I mean, we're just, we've got a lot of stuff going on, but it's totally something that I, I always have fun doing these interviews and like, it's so something that I wouldn't mind in the future doing. Yeah, and you can, yeah. you can sit in your pajamas or like 
you can you can be anywhere and do it. It's so great. You can have a top bun and nobody cares because it's not video. I love it. I love it. It's yeah. great. <laughs> so for listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about you and what you do? Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Miami and my husband, many people know him. He was on your show. When was he on your show? Maybe like a month or or so ago. Um, I don't know. Sometime. We had a great time. It was great. Danny Vega, that's my husband. Um, And we moved to Tampa um, in 2014 with our two boys. We unschool them. I'm lucky that I'm able to be home with them. So we're homeschooling, but not just homeschool. We unschool them. And I love it. It's awesome. The whole family is on this ketogenic journey. And it's just been, it's been great. Wow. And what was that transition for you? Like, did you have you always raised your kids on keto? Or what did that look like? When you were like, okay, house is going keto. Okay, well, it, it wasn't easy because again, like we, we do unschool and a big part of like, our belief in the way that we raise them is just giving them total freedom. Uh, We don't risk life or limb or anything, but you know, we really try to, everyone is autonomous here. Everyone is equal. And we really try to give them freedom over their body and their choices. So, but yeah, they were not always keto. Um, My youngest Desmond, when he was born, we were actually paleo at that time. And so he had a really good start in life because paleo is awesome for kids. It's a really great way to teach them to eat whole foods. And he was just a beast. And, but when Dean was born, we were kind of doing something else. And, and, um, if it fits your macros was kind of popular and that's kind of what we were doing. And, and then we were really letting them be free, really like just to see what would happen, you know, and just model the behavior for them. So we were keto for about a year. Um, and I mean, they would still, and it would pain me of course, cause I knew this information, but you know, I just, I wanted it to come from them. Uh, and I didn't want to like build any weird like relationships around food for them. But, and so it was really hard for us, but it got to the point where, you know, Desmond has really, really bad environmental allergies. Dean has eczema and he has like mood issues, which I totally understand. <laughs> and it, we we had gone on this vacation where we left them with family. And when we got back, like everybody was just so sick. Desmond was having nosebleeds like a few times a day and no, having those nosebleeds. It's, it's so, it's like so much blood. Like he hates it now. So he's seven and he, he was already getting to the point where he hated it. And so since he was older and we had, he had already been watching us for a year. I'm huge. I'm really big about, you know, modeling the behavior that you want to see in your children. I don't like do as I say, not as I do. I don't really think that works. It didn't work for me as a child. I always remember feeling like, okay, that doesn't really make sense. But, and so we had already been modeling this, this diet for them. And so, you know, Desmond would sometimes, you know, offer me a bite of his treats and I would politely decline and take that opportunity to explain why. And he would ask why, and, and, you know, I would let him know, like, no, I don't eat sugar. This is why. And so anyways, he was just so sick. And we we told him, we were like, listen, why don't we just do, why don't you do an experiment? You know, he had been, you know, Danny's always doing some kind of experiment. And so he's always hearing about Danny's experiments. And um, he was like, all right, fine. And we're like, what do you think? Like three days, you want to just do keto for three days? And it was for him, he's a really big steak guy. So I knew that if I could just feed him a lot of the food that he already likes that like, it's like, I just got to get your brain on ketones and like, that'll do the rest. (laughs) It's like, you know, and I'm like, I just got to get him there. And then I know that like the ketones will do the rest. And it's just so funny. He, kids react, they, 
so much faster than we we do. They are just so much less damaged metabol- metabolically than we are. And he he had like a tiny little headache. He was all about it. He had like a tiny little headache on the second day. And then that's it. He was like, he wasn't even asking for stuff. And then Dean kind of just is keto by association. Like I just would offer him foods that he likes that are keto. And we did have to like in the beginning, we don't have to do this so much now, but in the beginning we did have to, you know, offer them keto versions of their favorite foods. So we did like fathead pizzas, Carrie Brown ice cream, you know, to show them that they can still, you know, eat stuff that tastes good and that they can enjoy and that doesn't hurt them. And, and that's really how we got by at first. And then it just became, you know, what we do. It's just what we do, you know, and it is a little easier that we kind of live away from family and stuff. So we don't really have like, and it is definitely easier that they're not in school and being offered stuff on a daily basis. So that does make it easier in a way, but yeah, it's been great. And they've had such great success with it and they, they love it as well. That's amazing. That's so cool. And the process um, is so different than what a lot of parents think. Like, I'm just going to give them this and that's all that there is. And I know that that's how my household um, was when I was a kid. It was like, we eat this way and no way fans are butts about it. And we didn't really understand why. So that's really cool to educate your children on like, this is why I choose this. And then they get to make up their own mind. That's really cool. And like, how did it differ between your body and your husband's body? Like, does your keto look different than Danny's? Well, when we first started, obviously, the biggest thing, and and I've like, over time, I've noticed this, that I just feel like us women, we take longer to adapt. So I got really, Danny didn't have the keto flu at all. I got the actual flu. I was like knocked out in bed, but I didn't really, again, when I, when we started keto, I kind of just went like, Danny's the one that had the idea And I just went along with it because I was sick of what we were doing. And I had already like experimented with paleo in the past and I knew that I felt better on a higher fat diet. And so I was totally all about it. And, but I didn't do my research about like electrolytes or anything. And, and I just, I'm sure, you know, I didn't do any of that and that totally made it so much worse. So I was like knocked out for a week, but it also just took me longer to, to become adapted than him. I felt kind of crappy in the gym for like two to four months, maybe. And then little by little, I started feeling better. But and then we have, you know, our hormones. And it's just, I feel like everything's harder for us. <laughs> yeah, it's just harder. It's just harder totally. to find a balance for, for women. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and, and so what does your keto look like now? Like, it sounds like the first couple of months were a little bit of a struggle trying to figure out how you were different. Um, but do you feel pretty confident in how you're feeding yourself now and you've kind of gotten into the zone? Yeah. Do you mean like how's keto different from like when I started and now? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, when we've been keto for, um, let's say, gosh, okay. So it started at the, in, when Dean, his second birthday and he's going to turn four. So yeah, we're like approaching two years now. And at first it started off how most people start, you know, eating, making all the recipes, eating casseroles and all of that stuff. And just recently within the last year, I've been, you know, experimenting a little bit more with carnivore after having some like GI issues that I was going through even with keto. And so that's the way that I eat now is just super simple. I'm pretty much carnivorous most of the time. And I do have like some nuts here and there, like, and it depends, like, Peely nuts and macadamias are okay for me. If I eat too many almonds or like almond flour products or almond butters, that tends to like 
make me bloated and and I have more negative effects to, towards those. But I really do try to just keep it to animal products. I do eat dairy. I don't have any problems with dairy. But yeah, I'm I'm not really eating too many vegetables these days. There's such a huge theme going on in my life right now with I carnivore. Know. I feel like these are like this is like a sign from the universe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everyone I talk to is like carnivore, yeah. carnivore. <laughs> yeah, it's booming right now. It's like the new thing, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so I wanna chat a little bit more about carnivore. I know we weren't even planning on that today, but I feel like this is an ongoing theme in the keto space right now. And I'd love to just pick your brain about how it came about and what your experience is about it as a woman. So carnivore, of course, at first to me, just like most people, the thought of like getting rid of vegetables was just not even an option for me. Like I just and of you know, we're told our entire lives that vegetables there's like that are the the you know the best thing that you can eat you know i mean obviously you eat meat but there's all you know you need all these things like <clears throat> from vegetables you need fiber you need all of this um how am i going to go to the bathroom all of these things you know all these things that we are grow up thinking and for good reason this is what we're told and Danny had already been doing a little bit of research. He's always like just diving deeper into everything and listening to as many podcasts and lectures that he can. And he had already discovered Amber O'Hearn and Dr. Georgia Ede. And he had been telling me about it, but you know, just like, just like anything, it's, it's harder to, you know, we all don't mind. It's like the psychology of, and Dr. Georgia E talks about this, like the psychology of adding something to your diet. Like it's easy to add something, but it's not easy to take something away. Nobody wants to take something away. And so, and I truly, truly enjoy vegetables. Like I like vegetables. Danny and most men don't really care for them. And so it's a little easier of a sell to them. I've realized, but but what was going on um, was I was doing my cut with um, Robert Sykes, Keto Savage, and I had started introducing, you know, I was getting low on calories. And so I was having these big salads for dinner, you know, for volume, because you just volume, volume, volume. And I was randomly throwing up in the middle of the night. Like I would, it would wake me up in the middle of the night, like just this horrific bloating, like your stomach just feels like a rock and almost like my body was totally rejecting something. Like that's how it felt. It felt like, like my body was just like, no, whatever's in there needs to come out. And I would throw up and then I would feel fine. I would be fine. I would go to sleep, but it was starting to become a reoccurring theme. And it took me a while to notice that it, oh, it was like after I had this big salad and it was like spinach and, and all this other stuff. And I've, I've always kind of ate these things, you know, I've always had bloating and GI issues that are quote unquote hereditary, but I thought I needed fiber. I thought that that was going to, you know, if, if, if anything, it was only going to help me with these issues. But um, we were about to leave on a trip to Puerto Rico and I had thrown up that the night before and I was just so sick of it. I was, it, you know, it, it would wake me up in the middle of the night and I would feel so uncomfortable and like, it's not pleasant to, to throw up. And I was just like, this is so annoying already. I can't take this. I don't know what's going on. And I think it's the salad honestly. I'm like, I can't, I can't at this point. I, Cause I started to pay attention. And so, and Danny's like, all right, you got to hear this. You got to hear this Georgie. I told you. And you know, like, you know how it is like, he's like, I told you, I told you. <laughs> he's like, you got to hear this Georgie. And I'm like, all right, well, perfect. We're going on a vacation. We're going on a, um, we're going to take a flight. And so I downloaded it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to it. I listened to a few Georgia E podcasts and some Amber O'Hearn podcasts. And it honestly just blew my mind. It blew my mind the way that she explained 
the science behind how vegetables or how plants defend themselves, how they work. And I was like, this makes perfect sense. This totally makes sense to me in my brain. You know, like this makes sense. What she's saying makes sense. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. While we're in Puerto Rico, I'm going to try it. I'm going to just see what happens. I'm going to only eat meat for these next three, three or four days. I, the first day I lost like two or three pounds and my bloating immediately went away. And I never, I never threw up again after that. And I couldn't deny those immediate results. You know what I mean? And so I was just like, I can't believe this. This is, this is ridiculous. And so not only did I lose a few pounds that week, which was awesome because I broke through a plateau where I was trying to cut body fat, but I felt so much better. I didn't have any, any bloating, anything. Like it was from going from like being so like in so much discomfort, so much bloating, so much a GI distress, like just like acid reflux and the throwing up in the middle of the night to nothing. And so I was like, wow, this is, this, this is staggering. And I wasn't having any issues going to the bathroom or anything. Cause that was my, of course, my concern. That's what most people are concerned about when they're like, but what about fiber? And, and so, I mean, it, it was just working, but I didn't go full, full carnivore. I still tried to, but you know, and little by little, I just, as time progressed, I, I, you just start to notice, you just start, it, it started to become more obvious because I was so like, the only way I can explain it is like, I feel so clean inside. Like, like it's like this feeling where you almost become so in tune with your body that everything you notice how every single thing affects you. Like, so that's what I've been telling people. I'm like the best elimination diet, honestly, is to go on an all meat diet. Like if you really want to see what affects you, go on an all meat diet and then reintroduce things back in. And then you will see, because yeah, we were, as you're eating, you know, I've, I've eaten vegetables my whole life and, you know, made, you know, some days were better than others. And you like become accustomed to them, your gut bacteria, you're going to have those bacteria there to help you. But yeah. And so over time, I just realized that every time I would eat and, and it's certain things, you know, I can get away with like, you know, low sugar fruits like avocados, zucchini, cucumbers, pickles. I love, I still eat that stuff. But like, if it's like broccoli or like salads, anything, anything like that immediately I'm bloated and I gain weight. It's like the craziest thing that you would never think that you would gain weight eating vegetables and I gain weight. And it's so obvious these days because I don't eat it that much anymore. So when I do quote unquote cheat with a salad, cause I do enjoy it. <laughs> it's, I, I have these effects and I'm just, and so it gets to the point that it's like, yeah, I do enjoy those foods, but I don't enjoy how I feel when I eat it. And so it's just been a crazy, a crazy ride at this point. Like sometimes I'm just like, I can't even, and honestly, I've never been a huge meat eater as like in like eating steak. I'm more of like a fish and like, I like chicken. I mean, I like a steak, but I'm not like Danny, like Danny can eat steak. And here's one way where we're totally different. Like Danny can eat a steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day and be the happiest person on earth. I get like so tired of the chewing or something. I don't know. I think it's the chewing, honestly, like the chewing after a while, I'm like, I can't chew any more steak. Um, so I have to have more variety than he does. Like I have to do like burgers, ground beef. I do a lot of eggs, but, but yeah, that's kind of how, how it all came to be. And then since then I just keep doing, you know, I keep learning about it and seeing other people's results. And I'm just like, wow, this is, this is incredible. And this can really help people, especially people that are having, um, GI, GI trouble. It's crazy. Wow. Okay. I have one more question. 
you think it's a long-term thing? I know I get the first keto question I get from people that don't understand keto. They're like, but can it be practiced long-term? It's not very sustainable. And now I'm that person being like, can you actually practice this long-term? Is it sustainable? Like, what do you think? Well, I, I mean, we have some examples now that it is sustainable. So I kind of look to people who have been doing it and I just see how I feel. And I, I just don't see how this could end badly. Like it's just, we know what's in meat. We know the science at this point. Like we know all the micronutrients that are in meats that we eat. Plants can't really offer us anything that meat doesn't have. And, you know, we have people like Amber O'Hearn's been doing this for, I don't know, like nine years. The Andersons have been doing it for like, I don't know, 19 to 20 years. And I mean, if anything, this is, I, I call, I call this the fountain of youth, honestly, like this keto really, really helped me but this has helped me more. It has. It really has. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So because you're more focused on carnivore at this point, like, do you track? Do you do intuitive eating? Did you do it when you were keto? Like, how was that transition? And what's kind of your relationship with with food and tracking? Okay, yeah, this is something where I'm, I'm super the opposite of my husband. My husband is so about the numbers. Like I get dizzy when he starts telling me the numbers. I'm not a fan of tracking. I prefer to be more intuitive, but I'm also more intuitive by nature. So I, I, I do think we all have different personality types and you have to take that into account. Some people, you know, Danny has tried intuitive and he's like, I don't, I, I, I'm not intuitive. I just keep eating. I just keep, <laughs> keep eating. And I'm like, <laughs> he's not like me. Like I can take a bite out of something or like, I'm just, I'm more intuitive with my body, I guess. And so I do prefer that. But I do use tracking as a tool when I when I have a specific goal, if I'm trying to cut body fat, but usually I don't track. I've been tracking lately just because I'm trying to just keep track of my protein. I'm trying to eat a little bit more protein these days. And I just, my I tend to under eat. And so that's why I track sometimes is because I, you know, just from under eating my entire life, I, I'm used to it. And like I it's, it's, it's hard. Like you have to force yourself to eat and I'm so used to not eating. So I tend to under eat. And so I track sometimes to make sure that I'm eating enough, honestly. Mm, so that's yeah. how I am. Yeah. With tracking. Cool. Yeah. I was, I was recently pretty sick. Like I got a flu and a fever and a sinus infection and all Ugh. kind of cat yeah. back to back to back. Yeah. You know, it only happens once a decade, but yeah. when it does, it's like, yeah, boom. boom. Exactly. And and it took me like even now it's been almost four and a half weeks since the worst part of it. And I keep having to tell myself, Leanne, eat because yeah. when you're sick, you're not eating. And then you get in the pattern of not eating. And then my hormones get all messed up. So yeah. it's so true. If, if you kind of divert back to that, like if you have a sickness or something happens in your life and you just divert back, it can be really hard to get in that pattern of like, just eat. And I know there are women listening that's like, oh, what was you? You forget to eat, you jerk. I know. Um, I know. And I feel bad saying that sometimes but it's not a good thing either because because the truth is is that the reason that it's hard for me to eat is because I've starved myself my entire life and because I've had such a, an unhealthy relationship with food and because I've done that my I've my you know my resting me metabolic rate is is very low I've been working rigorously to try to improve that and it's you know it's like a double-edged sword like it's it is I mean it's nice because I don't have to I mean and still it comes everything it's all perspective because yeah, I, I, on the regular, I, I usually tend to under eat, but man, can I, if, if I want to binge, like I will, I will. <laughs> and, and, on. and it's like, and it's a problem, you know? And, and, and so that's the pattern, you know, with like the, 
not eating and then binging. And so it's like, you have to be, be super mindful. And I do, I have to, I have to make myself, I have to make myself eat. I do. Mm. Okay. You said two things that I want to kind of delve into. The first is you've been working really hard at boosting your metabolic rate. Can we just chat about that in general of like, what have you been doing? Kind of, how did you know that that, I know that there are women that just heard that. And it's like, how did you, what do you mean? Tell me more about this. Right. So, so that's a great question. My, you know, when you, when your body is, when you've starved yourself for so long, your body will lower its metabolic rate, you know, out of survival. So, and you, you can increase that slowly. And what I've been doing. So after, after I finished my last cut with keto savage, which was honestly at this point, it's almost been a year. It was like around KetoCon last year, but KetoCon was later in the year. It was in September. And so, yeah, I was pretty low on calories around 1200. And then we, you know, at that point I just wanted to put on muscle. I realized, you know, okay, I had been working out in the gym. I wanted to cut down to kind of see where I was muscle-wise, and I thought I had more I thought I had more muscle than I did, and so it kind of like lit a fire under my butt and I'm like, "Okay, no, that's it." I was like for the and and for the first time ever in my entire life, did I ever feel comfortable? And I hate to call it bulking cuz I, I don't I try to still stay relatively lean but like to actively try to put on muscle and to eat and not be scared to eat and to do it the right way, you know, not just go from like 1200 calories and just boom. Like, so we reversed out of that slowly increasing calories slowly week by week until I was, you know, eating a good amount of food. And I did, I had to force myself to eat a post-workout meal because I was for a while doing the 24 hour fast again, not, not even intentional, just because I'm so busy, like I go to the gym, I take my kids, we go out and, and, and I'm kind of lazy. So I don't like prepping and I'm cheap. So I don't want to buy myself food. So there's so many things that go into this. (laughs) So I had to like start prepping my food and taking something to eat or making sure that I got myself something and not, not even something big, but like making sure that I got like, you know, I don't know, a few eggs after the gym, just something. Cause I wouldn't eat. And then I, I was noticing that just eating all my calories in one meal, it wasn't helping me with the results that I wanted, which was putting on muscle because I'm working out so intensely in the gym. And so the 24 hour fasts weren't working for me. They're good for certain people, but it wasn't working for me. And so I did have to force that, that, um, that post-workout meal, but now it's like, it works. Like I, I start, I started to feel hungrier and Danny's like, that's a good sign. That's good. That's, that means you're putting on muscle and you're, you know, you're, 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 you're getting there, you know, like you're increasing your, your RMR and, and it, and it felt good to not be scared of, of eating, you know what I mean? And, and again, it, it, it did, it was easier with carnivore because you don't really, I don't know. I just feel like you, it's like so hard to, 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 um, be overweight. Like I've never been able to maintain my weight so easily than I have this way with carnivore. So it's been easy to meet to like just eat until satiety, like just eat protein until satiety. And um, yeah, feels great. Cool. And what do you say um, when you started keto? It sounds like you did you have a poor relationship with food when you started keto? Do you find like keto helped with that poor relationship? Or can we chat a little bit about how you became more intuitive and, and how your relationship with food has changed? Yeah, absolutely. So it's been, it's been a process. We kind of like, I feel like we kind of, um, like I mentioned when, when Desmond was born, which was back in 2011, 
we were doing CrossFit at the time and paleo is huge in that community. And that's when we first started, you know, researching about higher fat diets. And I would follow like Weston A. Price. I was drinking a lot of raw milk and, you know, doing the paleo thing. And I loved paleo, but even within paleo, there was cravings and I would always have to hold back. Like if I was gaining too much weight, it was always like the sweet potatoes, the paleo treats, the honey, all that stuff. So even within paleo, I'm sure there was moments where I was in ketosis just because I had to restrict carbs either way. I always had to. And that's when I first kind of started experimenting with intermittent fasting. And, and so it's like, I feel like I knew back then, like I was going in the right direction. And then when Danny started powerlifting, it's all his fault, by the way. <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, so when he started powerlifting and he stopped doing CrossFit, the you know the culture the culture changed, you know, because powerlifting culture it's all about the carbs, it's all about the gains. People aren't really concerned about being overweight because that makes you strong. So it's all about being strong and performing. It has nothing to do really, you know, with with health. So and so that's kind of the direction that he started going in and I had just had Dean. Um, I, I remained paleo throughout my pregnancy with Dean and I was doing CrossFit and then to lose the, the, the baby weight, you know, Danny had started, you know, eating this way and it's just hard to make all different meals for everyone. And that's kind of when, if, if it's your macros was gaining popularity, which is such like false advertisement. So, you know, you're starting to see these girls on Instagram and, Oh, look, I can eat a donut. It fits in my macros and I'm, I'm getting ripped this way and it's fine, whatever. It's just, and, and so it was, it got in my head and I'm like, all right, well, maybe I can, I can lose weight this way. And so I, you know, I got on, I got, I got with a trainer, um, like a, a, a coach and, and this is how I lost the baby weight with Dean, but it was really, really hard. And the reason it's hard is because, you know, it's almost like, First of all, my carbs were never that high where I could eat donuts like this. Like that was never in my macros. My fat was so low. I think it like, I don't know, like 30 at one point. And, and then it's also low carb. So it's just like miserable. You're starving all the time. You're never satiated. You're eating all these little meals all day. And, and I was miserable. And, and I also had, by the way, postpartum depression and I was on Zoloft. So so that was where we were at. And it took, it took, it took me a while, like to even realize that I had postpartum depression because we had moved. And so like, and then of course, this is, this is how it always goes. You go, they, they're like, oh yeah, it's fine. This happens to everybody. Here's some Zoloft works for a little, for, works for a few weeks. Oh, you just need to increase your dose. Oh, okay. Works for a few weeks. Oh, you need to increase your dose again. And then I kind of just quit at that, like at that third time that they increased my dose because the side effects were so horrible that I'm like, whatever, this is going to have to do. And the thing with antidepressants, they don't really make you happy. They just make you not care, which is kind of scary, but it kind of is just like, I don't know. When I look back on that time in my life, honestly, it feels like almost like a dream because it, it really does. It makes you just like, like, um, what's the word? Like indifferent, indifferent. So it's like easier because you're not really stressed out, but you're just, you're not really anything, you know, it doesn't really make you happy. So, but I knew, and so Danny and I had been like, this was towards the end of it, like right before we went keto and Danny had already been talking about this. A friend of his in the gym was like, Hey, you got to check this keto stuff out. Look at these keto pancakes, blah, blah, blah. And we had already had like a few weekends and this would always happen, happen. And this is what always happens with those kinds of diets. We would deprive ourselves all week, low carb, low fat. And then on the weekend, it's like cheat weekend and you, you know, it's anything goes and we, you know, you're just binging and I would be, I would be like on Sunday night, 
just the fact that I knew that it was over, like stuffing my face until the minute I went to sleep, even though I wasn't even hungry anymore, just because I knew that it was over. And just this horrible cycle. And then it, it would take us until like Wednesday to even feel good, you know? And so this, this cycle happened for a few weeks and we were tired of it. And so honestly, when Danny mentioned it, I was already, I was in because I knew already from my paleo days that I felt better with fat, with my fat being higher because I felt better with paleo because I was eating higher fat. It was easier to fast. It was easier to not overeat. And so I was like, well, if that's good, this is going to be even better. And, and then also at that same time, I was really wanting to try to get off, um, off of Zoloft. And I knew that this was going to be the only way this was going to, that this was going to be my only hope for doing that. So, so that's what, that's, that's really how we, we came to keto. And yeah, so my relationship, my relationship with food at that point to answer your question was, was, was a binge, you know, kind of a, a, a deprive yourself and binge cycle. And it was almost like I said, we took a step back because I feel like I had kind of like helped myself previously with paleo. And then like I was back here in this cycle. And so it felt uncomfortable. And then keto, you know, the minute I started, I was like already, like, I was like, if the feel, it's immediate, like the mental clarity was back. I was like, oh, the, this is so much better. I'm so much more satiated. I'm not like thinking about food all day. And yeah, but you know, it's like sometimes the behaviors are still there and you're still even within keto. And that's what I try to tell people. I'm like, it's the behavior that has to change, you know, like, yes, you, you still have to live life. And you know, when it's my son's, my, it's going to be Dean's birthday on Saturday, we're going to eat keto cake and all this stuff. But like, you can't be having these things every day or binging on these things because it's still the same behavior. And so that took a while, like the cravings, I still keto made my cravings better. But I did notice like, you know, I had to cut back on the sweeteners and, and stuff like that. Like there's, there's, you know, you can, it can't be like everything goes all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy you mentioned all that because I did, was it like the four hour body for a while? That's so oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I've been on so many diets. I know me too. I've so many, more. so many. <laughs> and it's like you eat all these lentils and oh like gosh. everything during the week. And then you have like this all out binge day and it was like, yeah, we like planned it and we would, I oh, would yeah. order like gluten-free, dairy-free donuts yeah. down the block and you couldn't just get one donut. No. So then I'd get 12 donuts no. and I try to eat all of the donuts. And then you're right. You wouldn't feel good until like Wednesday, Thursday, and then it would repeat. Mm -hmm. And that's how I came to keto and I was like a hot mess. Yeah. Do you feel, do you feel like it's that it's hard to explain to people that have never done keto, like just the clarity that happens in your brain and all of a sudden it's like everything makes sense and you're like so much more in tune with your body and it just happens so naturally without even really doing anything did you find that that was your experience too absolutely it just felt natural it felt like freeing because you don't have to think about it anymore and 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 when i first started keto i didn't i didn't track well i did track a little bit just to make sure my ratios were right but i wasn't counting calories it was just like let me enter what i've eaten today to see where i'm at to make sure i got enough fat and it was amazing like i i didn't even lose that much weight at first like i lost the initial and like i still had maybe of the baby weight because i was still nursing too and i always tend to hold on to some weight when i'm nursing maybe like 10ish pounds to pre baby weight and I only lost like two or three initially. And then I kind of stalled. But honestly, I didn't really care. <laughs> I didn't even care. Because I even though I wasn't as light as I was, like, I was already seeing so many other changes, like my skin was better. I was already I was considering getting Botox, like, I was already talking about this, like when we were 
when we had moved here and this was when I was on the low fat diet and I was, I'm, I'm, well, and I'm sure, you know, you've seen a difference in your skin too. Everyone sees it. It's just like, I went from like, wow, I need Botox to, to, oh, I don't need it anymore. Like this fixed, this fixed, whatever skin issue I was having, my cellulite was better. I was like, I was like, well, I'm losing weight. Why, why, like, why do I, I had so much cellulite. Like my, you just don't feel, I didn't feel like tight, you know, like your skin. I was starting to feel old, honestly, like, and I'm not, I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm old, but, but I was starting to feel that feeling like, oh gosh, you know? And, and I swear, like it was so fast, like right within a few weeks of, of starting keto, my skin felt like looked better already. And my cellulite had gone down. And so I didn't really care if like the scale wasn't going down that much because I felt like I looked better. So I didn't really care. Mm. Yeah. And so I did, you mentioned something a little while ago about fasting and that you stopped fasting um, when you were working out. Do you fast now or do you tend not to? And what was that like? Yeah, I still do intermittent fasting daily. I still, I mean, I have my bulletproof coffee in the morning, but I won't eat. I'm not, I don't wake up that hungry. So, and I don't like to eat before I work out. So it depends at what time I'm working out. Um, but I usually am getting to the gym like around 9am. So I don't eat, I'll have my coffee and then I won't eat until when I'm done, which is like around noon. I have experimented with like some longer fasts on like weekends, just with Danny. Um, I, the longest one I was ever able to get through was 46 hours. It was really hard, but I, I did it. And it was like on a weekend when I, when I wasn't training or anything. And I still think that it's a great tool and people should use it, especially if they have like lingering issues. Um, and it's definitely something that I'm going to do in the future, but just right now I'm training, I'm training so hard all the time that I can't be doing 24 hour fast every day, but I do IF pretty much every day. So I stop eating around like 7 PM every, every day. And I won't really eat again until noon the next day. I don't even know how many hours that is, but that's kind of like around where we are. It's really nice to just not know how many hours I don't, that yeah, is. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I just, or, and some, cause some, and every, every day it's different. Like some days we'll eat dinner earlier and some days we'll eat a little later. And, and I kind of just go with how I feel, honestly. This, it's, it's, a, it's a little easier for me to be intuitive because I'm the type of person that, like, if I say I'm going to fast, I'm hungry already. Like, the fact that I said that and, like, I know that it, like, does something, you know, like, it's like the fact that you know you can't eat. You're like, but I'm hungry. <laughs> so I feel like if I just like live my life and listen to my body and not really make so many rules for myself, that it's actually easier for me to stay on track. When I start making so many rules, it makes me feel confined or something, which is funny because Danny's the total opposite. Like he needs those rules to follow the plan. Like I'm like, no, the rules make me go off plan. Like even with paleo, like every time I tried to do a whole 30, I failed miserably. Cause I'm like, I probably ate better before I tried the whole 30. Cause I'm just like, I'm doing a whole 30. I can't have all these things. <laughs> and so if I'm hungry and I didn't plan on eating that day, I didn't plan on eating breakfast, but I'm like, man, I'm really hungry right now. I'll, I'll just eat a little something like a hard boiled egg or, you know, just anything to, until, and then to, if, to make me feel better. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way with rules. I'm such a rebel. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again next Sunday to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be confused as such. 
we cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcasts reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.